Welcome to Bethel World Outreach Church. Our values are devotion, diversity, and discipleship. Devotion through honoring God by trusting His Word, praying, and worshiping together. Diversity by embracing God's heart for every nation. And discipleship by helping others follow Jesus. So join us as we're reaching a city to touch the world. The series is called Rhythms of Life. Go ahead and say that with me. Say Rhythms of Life. And so you should have gotten a sheet that looks like this on your way in. Uh, And if you didn't, um, then you can, I guess, raise your hand and someone might be able to give it to you. Um, But it's it's pretty simple. Um, It just has a space for some notes that you can put on if you'd like. And we're going to talk really about rhythms and and creating uh, rhythms in your life that that build a life, just like we sang uh, about building a life around God, rhythms that that help you do just that. And I, I think about here we are at... 722, uh, it is about uh, Olivia, my daughter, uh, and, and Ogden is our son. It's about Olivia's bath time, and so sometimes they watch online, just want to say, hey, Olivia, happy bath time. It is, you know, good night, uh, all of that stuff. And Olivia loves the bath. She absolutely is one of her favorite places to be. We'll, we'll go upstairs for bath time even early uh, so she has extra time and, and she will stay in there till her fingers are raisins and her toes uh, are raisins and she won't get out. Literally, at the end, uh, the, the way we end bath is we unplug the thing and she'll stay in there until it is bone dry. She just, she won't leave. And then she'll have a fit when we take her out of the bone dry shower because she's like playing with the little like tiny molecules of water that are still in there. She just loves the bath, but there's something that she doesn't love uh, and that's when we bring out the soap. So she loves hanging out in the bath, but she doesn't like the thing that the bath is actually designed to do, which is to clean you. And so like 99.9% of it, she's just having a ball, but then that soap comes out and it's, it's night and day. It's an all out, I mean, horror movie in the bathtub. You know, she really just really doesn't like it. And when a two-year-old doesn't like things, it just is very loud. It is very loud when a two-year-old doesn't like things. And I think sometimes that we can be in a similar boat. Like we can love church and we can love faith and we love the songs and build my life. Yes, God. We love listening to the inspiring sermon. We love, you know, even maybe watching a YouTube video or two to kind of build our faith midweek, listen to a podcast. And man, we just, we just can love being a Christian. But when it comes to the stuff that actually cleans us, that's when it can be a little bit of a different story. When it comes to the stuff that can actually, uh, like a surgeon, uh, make an impact in our heart, make a change uh, that, that uh, you know, it sometimes is uncomfortable. And sometimes it takes a little extra work and sometimes it takes a little extra effort. That's where we can really start to get uncomfortable. And, and this series is all about building habits and it's building uh, rhythms in your life. And Really, when we talk about rhythms, uh, we're not talking about legalism. We're not talking about, you know, now we have to wake up and say uh, the sacred prayer at, at 8 o'clock, then 8.05, then 8.10. No, but talking about rhythms that help us live lives focused on God, helping, uh, having intentional rhythms uh, where we posture our hearts in a way um, that's towards God and open to transformation. 
because that's how I want to live. And you think about, uh, a lot of times we think that big changes have to be you know, uh, made in order to see big results, but a, a big ship moves with a little rudder. And like, you know, you have like a huge door moves on a little hinge. And that's what this series is about, is the little rudders and the little hinges that we can put in place in our life to make a really big impact in the way that we live and making that way uh, something that glorifies God in a really fantastic way. It's about uh, setting in place rhythms that form us into people that we're called to be. And so in this series, we're gonna be talking about six domains, uh, six domains of life that we can set up rhythms. And, and there are a lot more than this. You can set up a rhythm in every single area of your life, but we would be doing a series for the rest of the year. Uh, and that, well, actually the rest of the year is not long, but for a whole year, um, and that would be a little overwhelming. So we're just gonna talk about six big areas and so we sort of have them on a little bit of a circle uh, graph. So we're going to talk a little bit about a, a rhythm of prayer, of, of reading scripture, uh, a, a rhythm around rest, uh, a rhythm around like fellowship, around worship, uh, and uh, how we monitor our screen time and media and stuff like that. I'm really excited about that one uh, in a few weeks. Uh, but let's look at 1 Corinthians. If you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, we're going to be looking at verses 9 through 17. And so go ahead and you can grab that on uh, your Bible, your Bible app, your, if you have the Bible memorized, that's great too. You can just think about it or you can read it on the screen because it's going to be there in just a moment. But this is Paul and Paul is writing to the Corinthians, the church in Corinth. Um, and he, he's dealing with, he just dealt with some division because what's happening is there are people, uh, Paul set up, you know, the apostles set up this church I said it on the foundation of Jesus Christ, the gospel, the message of Jesus. And now people are uh, deciding to add to that message uh, just different things that aren't necessarily true. And so these different teachers or different influencers uh, are, are starting to insert things upon this foundation that are starting to get people off course. And so this is uh, Paul speaking to the Corinthians about watching how they're building their life. And so uh, this is Paul speaking to the church in Corinth. He says, for we are God's fellow workers and you are God's field, God's building. According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation and someone else is building upon it. Let each one take care how he builds upon it. For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or straw, each one's work will become manifest for the day with a capital D, like the day, like the day Jesus comes back. We'll disclose it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he'll suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him for God's temple is holy and you are that temple. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus, 
that you've chosen to dwell among us. God, that you've chosen to dwell in us. God, that even though we're broken, dirty people, you still chose to make your home in us. Lord, help us. God, help us build lives that are postured for transformation and postured towards you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So, Paul isn't joking around. I mean, if you just get a vibe for that, like, scripture, you're like, okay, this is, this is a little bit serious. This is more than just, like, a fun song. I'll build my life upon your love. It's like, oh, wait, fire? Like, there's, there's actually going to be a day. And I think, like, you know, when you're looking at scriptures like this, you sort of have to take a step back. You have to take things in perspective. But at the same time, you have to go, you know, sometimes, like, Christianity, you actually have to, like, you know, do stuff. And, I, and I'm not like here to peddle a works-based righteousness. Like Jesus on the cross is enough. Like it even said just there, uh, it said even if like you don't build anything or you build it wrong, you're still gonna be saved. I mean, you're gonna like sort of, uh, he doesn't say barely make it, but, but you're still gonna get saved. You're gonna be all right. It's not based on what you do, but you're called to be a temple uh, for God. And when I think about this series and you know, kind of the phase I've been in uh, just lately in, in life, I think that like religion gets a bad rap, especially uh, all us darn millennials. We just, for some reason, hate religion. And we're like, religion, I hate religion. I love Jesus, but I hate religion. And it's like, okay, cool, I get what you mean. I I get the whole like religious. Yeah, I don't wanna be just religious. But here's sort of what I think about it. I drink coffee religiously. Every day I drink coffee. I can't think of a day that I haven't drink, like drink coffee in the, I, the past that I can remember. In the, I just drink coffee every day. I drink it religiously. I watch Survivor every week. Every week I, when it's on. And it's on right now. The, the only thing I don't like about midweek service is on Wednesday because that's when Survivor is. I'm missing Survivor. I have to watch it on Thursdays. Like, I, I, I watch it religiously. But you, you go, man, I, I don't want to be, you know, I'm, I just, I hate religion, like all this stuff. It's like, am I really going to say I'm more committed to a beverage than I am to God? Like, no, 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 like I do things religiously, and we all do things religiously. We're just not willing to say, oh, no, no, I'm going to let God have part of that rhythm in my life. And so uh, sort of to, to take it into, into this perspective or, or here, no, I, if I'm going to build rhythms around a beverage or I'm going to build rhythms around a TV show, no, I want to set in place rhythms that help me posture my heart towards God and towards transformation. Uh, so I'm okay building routines that help me. Because I don't think it says uh, anything that, that I don't love my wife if her, if her birthday isn't in my Google calendar. Like, I, I don't think it uh, says anything about not loving uh, my kids or not wanting to pray for my kids uh, that I have an alarm set on my phone uh, on the hour. So my, my son's birthday is, at, at, uh, is 4.15, April 15th. Uh, and so at 4.15, I have a, a reminder, pray for Ogden. And my daughter is, uh, you know... Uh, 10.3, so at 10.03, I have a reminder. My wife is 11.15. Uh, like, so these things, it's, it's not because I don't love them that I automate things. It's because I do love them that I automate things. And so when we're talking about habits or religiousness or whatever, we're not doing things to be religious. We're setting things in place 
to remind ourselves, to focus ourselves on God and to be people of God. And in this passage uh, and in this context, to build our temple, if you will, uh, to build our lives as temples around God. But I think what like sort of what can come in conflict with this idea uh, of sort of uh, religiosity or building rhythms, I'll stop saying uh, religiousness or or those words, uh, building rhythms, what gets us away from that is the idea that we think that freedom means a life without limits. And so to sacrifice or to add limits, we feel like hinders our freedom. But I love the way that uh, Jason Early, he has a great book called The Common Rule, uh, and he poses the question, what if freedom wasn't the avoidance of limits, but it was choosing the right ones? Like what if true freedom wasn't living a life without limits, it was choosing the right ones? Because I think about through scripture, anytime somebody in the Bible chose to take their life into their own hands, it didn't go well for them. You think about the prodigal son who says, no, I'm, I'm gonna do things my way, give me my inheritance. He goes and next thing you know, he's sleeping with the pigs because he didn't do so hot. You think about Jonah who's called to Nineveh and he chooses to go the opposite direction after a, a little Airbnb in a whale, um, it, it ends up that he didn't do so hot and he gets spat back out uh, into eventually his calling. You think about uh, Moses even, that he's doing such a great job and then all it took was, uh, you know, when um, uh, the, the water and the rock and he hits the rock and God didn't tell him to do that and so he, he sort of took it into his own hands. Th- things didn't go well for him but we have this idea that freedom means that I can do whatever I want and true freedom is a life without limits but I actually believe that scripture says that real freedom happens when you have the right limits, the right rhythms, the right habits in place uh, to point you towards God. We get in this mode and I think when we have that mentality, it's because we forget who we really are, that the world doesn't exist to serve us, that we're not God, we're the temple. So the, the first, I, I guess, takeaway for tonight is that we're the temple. Like in this, in this story, in this, this um, narrative that Paul is, is uh, sort of telling us about, we're not God, we're not the hero of the story, we are the temple. We're the raw materials with which the temple is built. And that's the thing, our lives are temples and you're going to be built into a temple regardless whether you call yourself a Christian or a person of faith or uh, an agnostic or atheist or a skeptic, wherever you land on the spectrum, you are a temple to something. The question just is, is what is that temple for? What is it pointing to? Because your rhythms create a liturgy of your core beliefs. Liturgy just means the work of the people, the things that people do in order to form them. The liturgy of your core believes as much as you're formed by positive habits, you're equally formed by the negative ones. And here are just a few. Maybe this sounds familiar. I know this uh, is very familiar with me. So if you're not intentional about the habits you do build, you by default uh, land in habits that you wish you didn't build. Um, And so here's some maybe common habits I know that I've found and maybe something you don't realize that it's making a statement about. So here's habit number one, wake up exhausted again 
because I never get to bed on time. The liturgy of wrong belief that you don't realize you're saying is I'm not a creature. I'm infinite. My body will be fine. I am a God. Habit number two, I look at work emails on my phone before getting out of bed and the liturgy of wrong belief is I can miss a quiet time, but I can't miss a quick response. Unless I'm well regarded in the office, I'm not worth anything. Habit number three might be grabbing breakfast on the go while everyone else in my family scrambles to get somewhere late. At the office, I eat lunch at my desk. The liturgy of wrong belief in this case is being too busy is normal and maybe even desirable. I'm important if a lot of people want my time. To stay important, I need to stay busy. And that means being late all the time. You could go on and on and on. These default habits that we build or that we fall into, but they're creating value statements. They're creating things, uh, statements of what's important to us and ultimately what temple we're building. And I've found in my life and probably in your life, the greatest competitor with God for the temple in my life is me. Am I building a temple, uh, a center of worship for myself or am I building uh, a center of worship for God? And and you think about, uh, you know, when you look at your life, you can even look at your day or your week. uh, And we all have these liturgies of wrong belief, the things that we practice that make us God. I I think about parenting and whether you're a parent or or not, we can all relate that the things you rehearse and you practice in the case of parenting is what your kid thinks is normal and so you are teaching them what normal is and if you're an adult and you don't have kids what you rehearse is what you're creating normal to be so one of the bad habits that we have a lot we have two little kids and so and she's eating food and and so she's two she's eating food Uh, he's just having milk we're having like grown-up food Uh, and so there's like three different meals happening at the same time and so so often at dinner time it is just like watching hell's kitchen where you have like someone's you know sauteing over here and someone's you know i just sounded so fancy we like barely ever saute someone's like warming up the frozen meal over here and someone is like feeding baby food over here all this stuff and so we get to the end of the meal and we go man we stood up the whole time like we had her in the high chair him in his little bumbo seat uh, and we were standing and we didn't have a meaningful time we didn't have you know conversation we didn't have things we just tried to get it done and so that's one of the common conversations for us is like we're we're teaching them that that's normal because they're not having dinner at your house. They're not having dinner at anyone's houses but ours. And so whether you're a parent and you're doing that for your kid or or whether you're not a parent and you just are rehearsing that for life, you are creating what's normal in your life. And in verse 10 of that passage, Paul tells us, he says, let each one take care how he builds upon the foundation of Christ. So if we're not taking care, we're going to build our temple towards something. But I want to take care in such a way that the temple of my life is a theater for the holy. It's a place where God can be displayed and glorified. That my life is is pointing to something beyond myself. That there's uh, things in me that are are only uh, placed there by the divine. That the Bible says he places eternity in the hearts of men. I want that kind of life. I don't want a frantic life uh, that revolves around me. But I want a life that gives God 
glory. And so if we are the temple is sort of the first maybe point. The, the second point is that our rhythms build us. Our habits form us. Our rhythms build us in, um, uh, it says, I'm, I'm sorry, in uh, verses 12 and 13. It says, now if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or straw, each one's work will become manifest for the day will disclose it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. And you think about it with, with this, uh, I, I love it how he, it took me a few times reading through that, uh, that he really went in order. You, you can be building with gold, you can be building with silver, you can be building with precious stone, wood, hay, or straw, that, that we're building things around us. And I think in this case, I'm not trying to extract something from scripture that's not there. Uh, it's not, he's not preaching about habits, but when I think about um, our life is, uh, you know, is made up of habits in so many ways, James Clear puts it this way in his book, Atomic Habits. He says, every action you take is a vote for the person you wish to become. Every action you take is a vote for the person you wish to become. And, and so in light of this scripture, he says, uh, hey, you can be building with gold, you can be building with silver, you can be building with precious stones or wood or straw or, or hay or straw. And so uh, you think if you're building habits, think about your, your eating. If, if your habits are your eating, uh, you can either be uh, eating you know, the super green smoothie you could be eating the Chipotle burrito. You could be eating the Taco Bell. You, know, you have uh, things that, that are building something. Are they building something that's uh, good, healthy, and, and moving in the right direction? Or it's not. And that's why Christianity has built rhythms in it for centuries. This isn't a new idea. This isn't me saying, hey, guys, I had this great idea. Let's like practice our faith. You think about rhythms like communion, rhythms like baptism, like gathering together, like singing songs, like reading the word. All these things uh, are created to form us, and that's exactly why we're doing that. The word rule um, is similar to this idea. And the idea of making a, a rule of life is, is really kind of a, an ancient terminology uh, for what we're talking about. And I love that rule is actually, it comes from the Latin word regula, a word associated with a bar or a trellis the woodwork on which a plant grows. The idea is that we, like plants, are always growing and changing. But when there's no order, growth can take something that was supposed to produce fruit and turn it into a twisted vine of decay. So when we set in place habits, we're setting in place uh, structures that our life can grow around. And so uh, I know I'm harping for a long time uh, on just that habits are important. If you haven't got this yet, I really believe that habits matter. I believe that the way you live matters. It even comes in Revelations 2, uh, 4 through 5. Um, it, where Jesus is talking to the church at Ephesus. He says, hey, you're doing great in these areas, yet this I hold against you. You've forsaken the love you had at first. Consider how far you've fallen. Repent, which just means turn around, and do the things you did at first. 
So the problem is they lost their first love and the remedy is do the things you did. He doesn't say, go pray about it, go listen to Hillsong for long enough, go cry in your room and write in your diary. He says, no, do the things you did at first and that's gonna remedy this solution. Uh, the, the actions that you take actually have an implication on your heart and it makes me think of when I was in a uh, youth group um, I would get resaved at every summer camp. Every summer camp, I, I would just had a fresh salvation experience. Uh, every time, you know, I, I would go, you know, seventh grade, because I was in youth group my whole, you know, seventh through 12, uh, and eventually it stuck. But for a solid three or four years, go to summer camp, sing the songs, ugly cry, snot down the face, I'm giving you my life, Jesus. Man, wasn't that great? We go back to church, you know, back to school wearing the WWJD bracelet, living my life for God. Then, you know, a cute girl comes. Then, then you know, playing the sports and, and I, I don't want to be a Christian. You know, all, all this stuff because I didn't set rhythms in my life that helped me focus on God, that helped me build a life that's postured towards God and open to transformation, uh, that it becomes uh, what, you know, in the youth world we call a camp high, but we have the same thing. We have a moving sermon. We have a, a fabulous church experience where the music was just right. Uh, and, the, you know, I walked away with a fuzzy feeling, all of that stuff. But if we don't put the rhythms in place, then the temple that we build is not going to be towards God. It's going to be towards us. And so if we put this together, if we're the temple, so if we're the temple and rhythms build us, then to build a better temple, we need to build better, better rhythms. So if we want to build a better temple, we need to build better rhythms. If we want to build a better temple, we need to build better rhythms. Pilots are taught um, what's called the one in 60 rule. And so uh, after 60 miles, going one degree in the wrong direction, you're gonna be one mile off where you, you know, were charted to go. So if you are one degree off from the direction that you were trying to go, which isn't a lot, one degree out of 360, one degree off, then you're gonna end up a mile in the wrong direction or a mile you know, to the left or right of the destination if you traveled 60 miles. And so uh, if you flew from here to Bowling Green, you're only gonna be a mile off, which isn't incredible. I mean, you're completely gonna miss like the airstrip, which is a problem, but you're, gonna, you're only gonna be a mile off. But if you were to go, if you were to fly all the way around the world at one degree off, you land, you land in Washington, D.C. You don't land back where you wanted to, which is Nashville. That's a pretty big, you know, jump. And we're not going on a flight around the world. We're living our entire life. Like you could fly around the world if a plane could do it nonstop in about 31 hours. But we're going to live, it's, we're, we're going to live hopefully a lot longer than 31 hours. We're, you know, we're, and we're traveling at the speed of time for the rest of your life. And if we have, if we want to build a better temple, we need to build better rhythms. And if we're living one degree off, for every degree, uh, we get further and further away from the life that God's called us to, uh, to have. And so one little thing can make a huge difference. And I think that these little rudders and small hinges that turn big ships and large doors uh, can make a huge difference. 
it's sort of like if you uh, have an investment account or, or something like that, if you were to put $100 a month uh, in your investment account at uh, a decent or an all right, uh, with all right interest rate, return rate, at the end of the year, you would have um, 1,200 bucks. You had 100 bucks times 12, you'd have 1,200 bucks. Uh, so then after, so that's, that's great, uh, you know, but then your interest kicks in. Um, and so then after a few years, uh, it looks a little bit different. Um, and so after a year 10, you've put in $12,000, but in your account, there's $19,000. So uh, things are starting to go a little bit better. And so you go, okay, that's a difference of about $7,000. So at year 20, you should have an extra $14,000, right? Well, let's look at what would happen after 20 years, $100 in your account. Uh, no, actually you have 68,000. So now you're at a difference of $44,000 and that's because of a little thing called compound interest. And so, you know, you have the money and now you're not just getting interest on the money, you're getting the money plus the interest. And then you're getting interest on the money plus the interest, but what you, you know, you keep on putting in. And I think our habits are incredibly similar that when we build rhythms in our life uh, that point us to God, when we build rhythms of spending time in the word, when we spend rhythms of spending time in community, of getting rest, of, of spending time uh, with family, of spending time in prayer, and spending time uh, in the community of God, worshiping him, uh, when we do things like that, uh, we're making small deposits in our spiritual bank that have long-term implications that if we want to build a better temple, we need to build better rhythms. And that's what this series is all about. So this series is to help you put in place some rhythms to help your heart be postured towards God and open to transformation. So as we go, as we're going to be going through this series, uh, you're going to have opportunities to try out some different ones. Uh, I love this series because it's not uh, making Wednesday night the, you know, that we get this injection of faith and then it gets us to Sunday, then Sunday gets us our next boost uh, and then we get to Wednesday. Uh, no, but l building a life around, because the truth is I can't, Pastor James can't, none of us, we don't go to work with you. Like we don't, you know, come home with you. Uh, we don't get up and eat breakfast with you. Uh, like but we're creating rhythms in our lives uh, that point us to God and towards a life of transformation. And so over the series, you're gonna sort of be uh, proposed with a handful of ones to try. And all we're gonna do is try them on. And so uh, what you have in your hand is, is a card uh, that looks like this. If you took... Uh, no, and that's great if you drew stick figures or played hangman. I'm not offended either. Super fun game and you can just pray later. Um, but there's a circle here. There's a circle on the, on the bottom uh, and it says weekly rhythm and daily rhythm. And so what we're gonna do now uh, is we just have about 10 more minutes left in our time together. Uh, but we're actually gonna give you uh, a little bit of time uh, to have just, just two things. You're gonna pick two rhythms. Uh, and so one thing that you'd like to try and do every day this week uh, and one thing uh, that you would like just to give a shot that could be a weekly rhythm that you just want to give, you know, kind of test drive it. Uh, and there's going to be, this is a judgment free zone. Uh, this, you know, no one's going to like, you don't have a stamp card next week where we go, okay, how good did you do? Uh, this is something that uh, we're just going to do to try it on. And so all you got to do is make it seven days. That's not that hard. Uh, and if you miss a day or two, that's okay. Jesus still loves you. But there's a few ground rules uh, for this. So you're going to write down two rhythms that you want uh, to build this week 
One is going to be daily. One is going to be weekly. Uh, and here's the kicker, though. Uh, you're going to do it, but you're going to do it while you're discussing it with somebody else. Uh, and so maybe it's the person you came with. Um, maybe if you're sitting by yourself, you find someone close to you. Um, but you're going to discuss it with somebody else. And here's the three ground rules. One, say one. Make it doable. Uh, if you are currently uh, not reading your Bible at all, don't say, I'm going to read the whole New Testament this week. It's probably, I mean, by faith, that's great. Probably not going to happen though. Make it doable. And you got to think going from zero to one is a 100% improvement. If you go, I read no Bible at all, but I'm going to read a chapter a day. Heck, I'm going to read a paragraph a day. Praise God. Make it doable. Uh, Number two, say number two. Just for this week. You're just making a one-week commitment. You're just making a uh, one-week commitment. So try it tweak it and next week if we get to Wednesday night and you go man that was the worst week of my life great you know that's not going to be the rhythm for you or you know we're going to we're going to tweak it we're going to make it right just because you know like uh, Pastor Rice you know in the um, devoted to the word he talked about he, he reads the New Testament every week heck no can I do that I got two screaming kids I got you know I, I my life is too crazy for you know so so I, I'm on the once a month plan I like I'm sometimes I'm on the once a month and a half plan so what, what works for you might not work for me and vice versa and so uh, number two is you're just saying it uh, during this week uh, and, and then number three is going to be decide how you'll remember it. So maybe it's, you know, if it's this sheet and you're going to keep it in your car or maybe it's setting a reminder on your phone. That's what I do um, is I set a reminder. And so uh, that, that's sort of the, the application point right now. We're going to take 10 minutes uh, and right now in our time, uh, there should be a pen in your seat back pocket. So decide one rhythm that you want uh, to, uh, to try this week weekly and then one that you want to do daily. And I would encourage you, uh, Ron, can we throw that uh, circle one more time back there? If you don't know where to start, um, then just some ideas might be in the realm of uh, like your, your Bible life, like X chapters a day, this amount or this many minutes a day. Maybe your prayer life. I want to pray for this many minutes or this many times a day. My screen time, I'm going to limit my screen time this week to this many minutes or this many times a day. My rest, I'm going to get this much sleep this many times a week. Uh, my fellowship, I'm going to have this many meals with, with other people. Just, some, just to kind of throw it out there if you need you know, a starting point. So we're going to take 10 minutes uh, and take this, uh, this time, write it and discuss it with somebody next to you. And the bottom two lines here are to, if you don't have their contact information, to do that because you're going to keep uh, one another accountable uh, this week and make sure that you finish strong. So let's take 10 minutes and do that. Um, and then I'm going to be, I'm going to be back. All right, so as you are wrapping up, um, hopefully you can continue. Um, but I want to hear, um, as, we, as we sort of conclude, I want to hear some of the things you came up with. Uh, and so um, can I just hear, like, what is, maybe from this group, what, what did you guys, what's one of the rhythms that you're going to throw in this week? Or at least give a shot. Totally. Great. So a weekly rhythm of attending church. Yep. Love it. Perfect. Yep. 
Yeah, a daily devotion. And, you know, if, if that's a new rhythm, if that's a new thing, starting small. There's nothing wrong with starting small. Bible says don't despise the day of small beginnings. If that's, you know, I'm going to read a paragraph of scripture and say night-night Jesus, do it. is better than, you know, scrolling on Instagram for five minutes. Um, that's awesome. Okay, what's, what's a rhythm that we threw in, in this group? What's, what's a rhythm uh, that y'all are going to try this week? Give it a shot. Yeah, daily prayer. Sorry, the second one was committed to... Yeah, yeah, okay, great. Great, open conversation, that's fantastic. And I think, yeah, same way, if if prayer's not in your, like, regular routine, um, like, starting small, there's nothing wrong with that either. Jesus said, hey, uh, you know, the the Gentiles over here are babbling on thinking that, you know, people are going to hear them more or that God's going to hear them more because they talk and talk and talk and talk. No, 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 pray like this. Our Father who is in heaven, and he does this quick little prayer. Like there's nothing wrong with starting small. Uh, And what I'll even do uh, is I'll set a timer on my phone and I'll say I have 10 minutes of under, like it sounds so unspiritual, but I I set a 10 minute timer. I say, I'm gonna pray for 10 minutes. It's what I have, it's what I can do right now. And so starting small is great. Okay, what's, uh, I needed a couple more rhythms. Uh, Tammy and Jeffrey, what's one of the rhythms you guys threw in? What was the N? What was the N saying? Nonconformity, I love it. Win, worship, integrity, nonconformity. Jeffrey should have taught this. Is there a rhythm that y'all came up with? Yeah. Yes. So uh, daily was reading the Bible. Uh, weekly was minimizing screen time. Um, again, on the, you know on iPhones, I'm sure probably on Androids too. There's like screen timer limits you can set uh, where it'll say, "Hey, just so you know, you said you only wanted to do an hour, and you're at you know you're over that." Uh, and then you go well, forget you, iPhone, and you like, never mind, don't do that. Um, you know, but there's, there's plenty of ways you could do that. I know for me, uh, when I started doing, when Pastor Rice kind of gave the pitch of reading the New Testament uh, every month, I, I took social media apps off of my phone. And so if I'm on social media, I just do it on a desktop computer, um, just because I was scrolling so much. And so I just read the word instead. Um, and it's just it, like, habits, rhythms of life, things I did that seem unspiritual. It's a little hinge that can turn a big door. Uh, And so, yeah, that's what this is all uh, about uh, is putting things in place. Okay, last over over here, what's a rhythm that we came up with uh, over here, fam? Check in with friends and ask if there's anything they need prayer for. Love it. That's a great weekly rhythm. Fantastic. Um, Dana, did you want to throw anything in? Yeah. 
study it. I love it. I love it. Great. Uh, and so, that, I mean, that's, that's a win. If you guys like walked out of here and just tuned out everything I said and played hangman on that little sheet, God bless you. That's fine. It, it's about the week, not the Wednesday. Uh, and so, um, remember, we're just trying it on. We're trying it on for size. You're, you're putting on the shoe, walking it around the store. We're going to get to next week and go, this shoe didn't fit right. I'm, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bump it up. I'm going to bring it down. Uh, but it's about deciding things that are going to help us live for God because we're going to be temples for something. I want to be a temple for God uh, that revolves around him. I want to set rhythms that help me uh, be a faithful disciple of God and, and have a life that glorifies him. So that when people see me, when people see you, they see Jesus. They say, that's a person of peace. That's a person who uh, has something that I don't and I want that because that's something that doesn't happen on accident. There are few, few, few people, if any, who ever accidentally grew um, it's, it's just something that we need to put practices in place, small decisions that we can make daily and weekly. <clears throat> and the last thing I'll say, if we're making a commitment right now to just one week of a new rhythm is give yourself grace. If you make it to day two or day three and you still haven't, you know, gotten to it, you still have five more days. Like it, it, you did not fall off the bandwagon and God's not gonna accept your prayer because you didn't pray yesterday. It doesn't work like that. And so give yourself grace. It's gonna be great. You're just trying it on for size. You're gonna do amazing. Uh, let me just pray and commission. Just say the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and give you peace. In the name of Jesus, amen. Church, you're dismissed. Thank you for being here.